0: Hey everybody in serial killer country, my name is Brittany Ransom
1: and my name is Brian Joyner
0: and this is When Killers Get Caught, a podcast devoted to deep dives into the lives and psyches of the killers we love to learn about. Each week Brian and I find a true crime story that resonated with us and then I discuss one well-known or lesser-known killer. I go deeper into their childhood lives, methodology, and most importantly, how and why they got caught. And then we get a little spooky. We learn something about cryptids or the supernatural. Keep it kind of light after the lately very depressing Ugh. stories that I've been talking about.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's really the general consistency of things lately. And it's not going to change tonight. If you've clicked on this podcast, you already know what this is about. Yeah, we're sorry. Yeah, it's it's heavy. But uh, I guess there's sort of a a reasoning
1: that goes along with it. I don't. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. This does
0: have a greater conversational situation. But before we even get into the subject of tonight's podcast, let's instead talk about. This week in True Crime, something really cool. Well, it's not cool. Oh, it's such a weird thing when stuff like this happens. So I don't know if you know who Fred and Rosemary West are, Brian.
1: No, are they Kanye West's parents? (laughs) No,
0: they were a a killer couple from the UK who were particularly horrible to young girls, including some of their own children. Um, But in the 1960s, uh, there was a girl who's suspected of being one of their victims, and uh, she has been missing since '68, and they've never been able to find it. Um, Fred West—they think that Fred West killed her, because um, he also did some gross stuff separate from his wife. Sometimes they work together; sometimes they work separate. Very oh, of course. Ian Brady, Myra, Hinckley. yeah, 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 yeah. Funny enough, the two, both Myra and. Uh, Rosemary were in the same prison and there were rumors that they were Lovers? lovers? Right? Yeah, you said yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, and also uh enemies. So That's yes, right. this were, is the same enemies. woman. Um well uh police Okay, so it's it's a city in Gloucester, 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 um, UK. And they think that they have found the bones. Of one of his victims oh, okay. who has been missing since 1968. Um, like all his victims were young women. They both had very uh, weird fixations on brutalizing women in many different ways. Rape, torture, bondage, you name it. Um, they were typically buried in the cellar of their home in Gloucester, Um, which was referred to in the media as like the house of horrors. Mm -hmm. Um, They were charged in 1994 and Fred hung himself while he was in prison in 1995 to avoid being charged with the nine women who were discovered on their property.
1: Of course. Yeah. But yeah,
0: so that's the news that's like, this is today. So
1: they're thinking it might be her body.
0: They think it might be her body. May 17th, 2021. Like this is happening this week oh nice this is like pi- quite possibly i'm like the first time but yeah um they have some ground penetrating cameras and they appear to have discovered this like dark blue material that they think matched the coat of her name was mary Bastom. um she was 15 when she went missing and uh yeah this is 39 well it's it's, this come days after this like police force of like 39 different cops Mm -hmm. led by a team of archaeologists began analyzing the basement of a cafe in Gloucester, which was about half a mile from the west's house um and essentially like west worked there when it was being built So they think that he might have stored, at this point they're like, well, maybe some of the bodies we haven't been able to find from him are ones that he might have buried at some of the locations where he worked when he was a builder. And that's not exactly something crazy because there was a man in California who they think buried bodies under highways that he worked on in the 70s and that California has discussed the idea of trying to find those bodies but also that the cost mu- is so prohibitive that they might just leave them there hmm. so I mean this isn't entirely unheard of but yeah they've right. had cameras that have seen like a navy blue coat that she was wearing and they definitely think that they're seeing human bones there Ooh. so um, I mean they're, at this point now they're going to be looking at doing like a major excavation
1: right yeah
0: um, but yeah Uh, and of course his wife is still of course in jail yeah she's still she's only 67 so she got plenty of years to be in prison and be dealing with the crimes that she committed yeah
1: that's good
0: but yeah it's like i was really excited when that popped up on my feed today i was like oh crap serial killer news we haven't had some (laughs) new serial killer news in months this is going to be on every podcast that any of you listen to this week. That's how like hype most of us are going to be about this. <laughs> but what did you come across this week? Uh,
1: okay. Let me ask you a question. Sure. So, for example, um how would how would you go about getting followers or yeah, followers on your TikTok? Like if like if you had to go out and like I don't know like if you if you were like low on views and follows how would you Brittany go out and find followers for TikTok I I I wouldn't go out and find TikTok followers because I would be I'm um
0: strangely shy in person Oh you don't say So um the only thing I know how to do is what I do right now which is make daily content and hope <laughs> Hope somebody likes it.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, there is a woman in Florida, Miami, um who posed as a student to promote her Instagram page. Did you hear I about saw
0: this. this. <laughs> somebody posted this on Twitter and it showed up in our feed of like people who we follow on Twitter, like yeah. one of those crime news aggregate blog things. Yeah. I didn't click on it. Please tell me more about this lady.
1: <laughs> All right. So apparently she's 28 years old and she wanted to promote her Instagram page and she attempted to blend in with students at a Miami area high wasn't, school.
0: Wasn't there a Drew Barrymore movie uh, yeah, where but she went back to the high school? Yeah. Well, she was a reporter. Wasn't she was a she? reporter. Yeah. But still, it it's never weird. been
1: kissed or hadn't. Right. Or that's, that's it. It's that's, yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, this happened. Uh, I guess uh, last Monday. Wow. Um, so yeah, it landed her in jail. Um, so she's facing charges of burglary, interfering with a school function, and resisting arrest without violence. Um. So let me read this. So she started handing. Her name is. Ooh, I can't even pronounce that last name. Goodness gracious! All is her name is Audrey um francis quinney yeah i'm going with that um yes uh-huh. uh-huh so apparently she started handing out a pant at you know for her instagram okay
0: you can't do that that's not how you it's not cool can like, you imagine being like what is the equivalent of when we were in high school of the person who hands out pamphlets about their instagram recruiters N- something like that that's even worse because that's a hey sign up for potentially die for college yeah um, no, I'm trying to think of like what would have been equally as uncool as handing out a pamphlet for your social media.
1: Oh. Putting up flyers. It's I feel like, yeah,
0: a flyer for a, a party yeah. at a high school. That would have been like cringy.
1: Look, let me tell you, for like we had this one like in senior year, right? Okay, so senior year, I'm I'm just like comedian now. Okay, this is my persona I've taken on because I'm a funny ass guy. Anyway. <laughs> I think you're funny. Um, my one teacher, she suggested that you know, I like start an improv group with people. So I, I put up flyers for like improv. Okay, that's for, different because like, that's show.
0: like a school function. If, for well, our school functions. But can you imagine it was like, there's going to be a rager at Brian's house. Here's a flyer. <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> we didn't say those kinds of words in No high no no. High
0: school. I just pulled like a total like eighties phrase oh out of nowhere. God, oh, I I'm rager. not that old, y'all. Um <laughs> we didn't have ragers, but I'm just saying that's how the equivalent of like yeah. handing someone a flyer to come to your party tomorrow. Yeah, yeah true, Feels true, true.
1: awkward. Like, like, hey, come to my party. Hey, come to my party. Well, you just feel like you're like, listen,
0: um you can come, don't tell anybody else. And then of course everybody shows up because no one can keep a secret in high
1: school. That's mm-hmm. just how that goes yeah true 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 um but yeah she snuck on the campus at 8 30 a.m um and she had a black backpack and she carried a skateboard <laughs> and she walked oh, through the no! hallways. she was recording herself as she was doing this she had a black backpack. She carried a skateboard. She acted like a total, like, I guess that's what she thought high schoolers. I don't, how many, How old is she? 28. 28. Come on, Did, now.
0: No, no. Even yeah. when that, because that's only a couple years younger than us. And like, I didn't, nobody was wearing, and not
1: even when we were in high school. No. We, nobody
0: was, I mean, okay, skateboards, <laughs> this yes. Is very 90s. Like, okay, when we were in school, people dressed like skaters. Yeah. But they didn't like skate through the hallways of the school. That's very like movie. 90s movie centric but like yeah sure like people wore like skater clothes like one of my coworkers got has like very cool like skater vibes mm-hmm. so, like i'm like this is obviously like who he is outside of work and i'm a you know bryant i'm a giant fruit pop tart of a person <laughs> lisa like you know yep yeah, lisa frank lisa frank there lisa you go. frank and miss frizzle that's really what i work yeah, with that is you so, you know, like, we all have little bits of that, like, from our high school identities st- yeah. into who we are now. Yeah. But, like, I don't think even people who were skateboarders, like, Tony Hawk, he is a skateboarder. He's not like, oh, let me walk through this area with my board on my arm.
1: <laughs> like, what no, is he, this lady doing? He has a specialized backpack for whatever you're talking about. I'm pretty, <laughs> sure he does. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, But, yeah, so apparently, let's see, what does it say? School security tracked her down as she wandered hallways while students were in their classrooms. Um, and she was heading towards the registration office, but she did not enter. Instead, she continued walking through the hallways, talking to students. News outlets reported.
0: So she never went to any classes.
1: No, no, no. Of course not. You she, have
0: to act like you're actually in high school if you're trying to act like you're in high school. She's 28. Come on now. I'm free. I
1: mean, she could probably look like an 18 year old. Okay. But still. I need
0: to. I need to know what she looks like now. I don't.
1: I don't think there's a picture of her.
0: I could have sworn there was a picture. Okay, not
1: on this one. I got this one off the Associated Press. Press. Okay, so. I got to Google. But um but as she kept walking security officers still try to catch up with her you know that's bad that's like it's terrible because like that's sort of i don't know like nowadays you know with school shootings and stuff like that you can't just be like this a is why ass, schools
0: have like little logins and exactly. things to
1: open doors like you can't just be walking into schools like that like that's not okay what does she look like you, you gave me a face
0: she looks like a mother of three
1: Oh, come on. She's not like a high school student. You're not like a teenager. Come on. Oh, my God.
0: Listen, and I get it. Hispanic and like black people age very well, but honey, you look like you have at least one or two babies.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. uh, Apparently, the school system is uh, going through, they're going, um, they're reviewing how she got into the school, how she got onto the property, you know, and was able to evade security she just ran
0: they don't they don't run they just kind of jump. oh
1: my god but yeah it was just like it's hilarious and then finally authorities tracked her down through her instagram page and arrested her on monday last monday at her house oh man so she got away from the the security officers in school but she got she went home and then they found her anyway through her instagram that she you know she was trying to promote
0: i want to see her instagram i bet it's whack
1: he got of look up her face. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I bet mean, you if I pulled this up on Reddit, somebody but, found her. Oh, but think
1: about it now. She probably has like a million followers.
0: I feel like she probably has a bunch of Gen Zers in her comment roasting her. Yeah, probably. They just roast all of us. I mean, that's I si- she did have a side y'all. part, though. Oh, she does. See? But we can't damn, have a side it, part.
1: Wait, was it a side part? Or down part no, it was a side part. Side
0: parts are bad and sore skinny jeans.
1: Mm, damn her. Us damn millennials and our what you gonna do let us live our lives i'm good
0: that's the thing people are like i'm like this is i i hate to say it in that situation that happened with the millennials versus zoomers it was people were like side parts of skinny jeans i'm like this seems like a thing that like i i hate to say it this way but this seems like a thing that like the white people are arguing about (laughs) because amongst like the minority community no like one's local. like trash talking like zoomers no uh, we're only no. really like ah, i like your style pretty cool yeah yeah, basically. your hair is dope like you know what i mean like it's all very like good vibes yeah. in our community i don't know why like all the white zoomers and millennials are fighting right now y'all need to stop
1: i oh, don't know i know i know those uh, gen z kids they do love my hair now so you have <laughs> magnificent hair i do have wonderful beautiful hair it's a dollar to touch, by the way.
0: <laughs> you better charge more.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right! No pandemic pa- pandemic fee. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Five extra dollars. <clears throat> oh my god. When killers get caught is sponsored by the Magic Class Boutique. Now, why does that name sound so familiar? Well, it's because it's a business ran by our very own Brittany. That's right, the Magic Class Boutique is not only a black-owned business, it's a woman-owned as well. This is a jewelry company that makes some pretty awesome earrings, ranging from cute little sushis to spooky mermaid skeletons. There are even adorable self-defense keychains for those just-in-case moments. And introducing the cereal collection. This set of earrings is based off of serial killers and the official merch for the podcast. This collection features everything a serial killer would need to pull off their crimes from hunting knives at the beginning of their crimes to warning keys for when they eventually get caught. Check out themagicclasp.com today where you can use our promo code "caught" to receive 15% off of your online order. That's dot com and use promo code CULT for 15% off and make sure you tell Brittany that I sent you. So, let's get to this horrible story you're talking about.
0: It's not okay. There's just a little bit of horribleness, which is, you know, the whole parent killing their children aspect. <laughs> but so this happened when i was probably this would have been before i started high school okay this would have been like spring of eighth grade for me
1: you say i you mean we well, you I don't know a couple months before i
0: it. wasn't sure if i because remember i was like a technically a year ahead because i have like oh, a late that, birthday
1: damn you yes you. yeah you're so right.
0: technically i'm a year ahead of you in school but we're like dang near the same age yeah <laughs> but yeah um so I'm just going to, I'm going to set a stage and then I'll go into more about these people. Okay. So it was approximately 10 a.m. June 20th, 2001. A man by the name of Rusty Yates gets a phone call from his wife. He'd only been at work for about an hour. She just said, you need to come home. Um, confused. He was just like, what's going on? And she's like, you need to come home. It's time. I did it. He knew that she'd been struggling recently um, and dealing with her depression, and so he asked her again, "What's wrong?" And uh, her, she said, "It's the children." And the NASA engineer realized something was very wrong, and he said, "Which one?" And which Andrea Yates responded, "All of them." Oh. When he reached his house fifteen minutes later. There were ambulances and police cars at his home in Houston, Texas. Uh, A Time article said that when he wasn't allowed into the house, he went to the back door and screamed, how could you do this, then collapsed in the yard in the fetal position, pounding the ground as his wife, Andrea Yates, was led away in handcuffs. Um, Today, I've been discussing a crime, like I said, that didn't happen that long ago for both you and I. Uh, The case surrounding Andrea Yates and the murder of her five children on June 20th, 2001. It was a bit of a landmark case and trial surrounding the discussion of real mental health issues for mothers uh, in a state known to be very aggressive in handling it, handing out capital sentences for murder. Mm -hmm. Um, But like every week before I discuss the crime and. Inevitably, the lengthy and convoluted trial. Um, let's just talk about Andrea Yates and who she was before this day. Um, I found her strangely sympathetic, and I didn't expect to.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: her she was born Andrea Pia Kennedy on July second, nineteen sixty four, in Hallsville, Texas. She was born to German immigrant Kute. Jutta Karen Kohler and Andrew Emmett Kennedy who was second generation Irish Uh, the two had five children and Andrea was their youngest they were a devout Catholic family and Andrea was very active in church and charities as a young child Um, she was considered to be very very smart Um, but her troubles with her mental health began rather young Um, some people speculate that it's kind of like what happens with a lot of teenagers. You're very smart, driven, super active. You feel this pressure to be perfect. Um, she was in like the national honor society. She graduated from high school as her valedictorian. Um, and of course, Dylan really knows when you're struggling with that kind of stuff that behind that like perfect facade is somebody who's struggling to look perfect and also be perfect.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: Um, So she did struggle with both bulimia and depression and actually was suicidal when she was in high school. Um, She did not receive treatment for any of these issues while she was a child and very much endured a lot of these things in silence. Mm. Um, I can't say that at that time in our history that there would have been a whole lot of resources for her either. No. After high school. She applied to the University of Houston to become a nurse, uh, perhaps kind of free from some of that parental stress. She didn't struggle as much with her mental health in college. Um, she finished her program in just two years and accepted a job at the MD Anderson Cancer Center caring for cancer patients. It was part of the medical facility that was attached to her school, and she would work there her entire career as a nurse from 1986 to 1994. Um as somebody who had really serious body image issues, she didn't really date a whole lot. Uh, but she met her future husband, Rusty Yates, in the summer of 1989. She was swimming at uh, the pool in her apartment complex, and he saw her and liked her, as many young men are wont to do. Of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, they moved it together fairly shortly after that, a couple months later. And uh, Rusty said that his name is russell but i will continue to call him rusty as they do in all of the books that i read on this um he said that she was always very uncomfortable being naked around him she would get dressed and undressed in the closet and she never seemed to enjoy sex um some people say that this is due to her catholic upbringing Uh, And, you know, extremely religious families can be very overbearing when it comes to young women's sexualities. Mm -hmm. Um, Other people have brought up that this could also be a symptom of mental illness. Uh, That was also overlooked rather early in her, I guess, her young adult life. Um, Personally, I can't imagine feeling very sexy when your boyfriend is into the religious stuff that Rusty was into. And I I need to go into this because this shapes who this woman becomes. So Rusty was a big follower of this preacher named Michael Warniecki, who was a traveling preacher that was big into, like, the fire and brimstone, you know. And, of course, like, it's hard to know with all the different preachers like this in the 80s and 90s. Like, this was a big deal for a long time. They were, like be on TV on Sunday and those big oh, mega churches those, those g- kinds of people the,
1: And the freaking like church and the, the those mega church
0: creators I don't think warinei created like a mega church but he did have the same kind of fundamentalist views mm-hmm. um so Michael and Rusty met during the 80s and the two started writing letters back and forth to each other and they kind of became sort of religious friends and um Warniecki had some very uh horrible views about women he preached that women were evil witches and they were born evil because of eve um that women shouldn't educate themselves they should never work outside of the home and should never use birth control what wives should submit to their husbands fully um and you know that old adage we were taught as kids children should be seen and not heard totally believed in that too
1: uh-huh. and
0: um if you needed to keep your child silent absolutely you know what's that phrase <laughs> yeah,
1: beat him. uh beat
0: spare the rod spoil the child yeah yeah that that was part of his ideology too
1: yeah whoopings
0: so rusty comes into this relationship with this intense fundamentalist christian vibe and introduces andrea to it um and strangely enough, the two of them spend like a lot of their free time just studying the Bible and praying when they live together. Oh. Rusty was very serious about his religion, his relationship with Andrea. And so he actually introduced her to Warnecki. Weirdly enough, um, Warnecki gave them solid advice and was like, you shouldn't get married quickly. Which was apparently a lot of the advice he gave to young couples he met on college campuses. Which is so wild because I was like, here's this man with this horrible, crazy, like, religious message. Mm. Given actual dollops of good advice here and there. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, when you are 22, you definitely probably shouldn't get married.
1: No. Don't do it.
0: Um. <laughs> Andrea and Rusty did not take the preacher's advice and instead got married two years later, April seventeenth, nineteen ninety three.
1: Well, they didn't get married quickly, they waited two years. (laughs)
0: For them, I think this was probably as uh, oh, I think they waited yeah. as long as they
1: possibly could. As, as long as they want, yeah. They're like, let's give it some time. Okay, okay, you good. I'm yeah. Good. They
0: were like, yeah, you know, he's like, wait longer. They were like, no, we, had this, we waited long enough. <laughs> Two years is long enough.
1: We waited all our lives to be together. Come on now. But
0: you know what's so funny? I went to a Catholic high school and I distinctly have a very solid memory of in one of my religion classes, I think it was sophomore year for some reason, my one religion teacher like went off on a rant about how you shouldn't just get married to have sex. And one of the boys in my class raised his hand and he was just like, Then why get married?
1: (laughs) And mind you, we
0: were 15 and 16 years old. So, of course, in a 15 and 16 year old brain, that makes sense. But I have a friend who's very religious and she goes on like Christian mingle and stuff. And there are a lot of people with this mindset. Like, I just have to get married so I can just start having sex. Because it's not okay for me to do it outside of that. So, like, maybe that was part of this, too, like why they were rushing and why he was telling so many of his followers, like, don't rush into this. There'll be plenty of time for you to do all the things you want to do in your life. That um, makes sense. And,
1: and then, yeah, people are just like, well, I can't do what I want because <laughs> God won't let me. Because, yeah, I'll be a sinner and go to hell. Oh, no. Because,
0: like, they literally told their wedding guests that they wanted as many babies as nature would
1: allow. See, so that's all they are thinking of. That's all they were thinking of. Mm-hmm, give me.
0: That's why I said that. Of course. Now married to Rusty, Andrea quits her job as a nurse and she gets immediately pregnant with their son, Noah. He was born February 1994 and almost immediately um, after his birth, Andrea begins having visions of knives and stabbing her loved ones. Uh. She also heard voices, but she kept this to herself down to one income they have to move from their nice four-bedroom house in houston to a trailer in seminole florida for a temp job that rusty took and like this is the the not smartness of this whole concept of the man needs to be the provider exactly i absolutely support the idea that a man is a provider Mm -hmm. if he's got the job to provide for the family exactly and i'm just like you gonna make me give up my job and now we broke this like, is terrible. And as soon as you, like,
1: don't have kids.
0: Thank you. Don't, don't right? Have, you got all this money you got to spend on this now, but I, either way.
1: Exactly. Now you you moved from four-bedroom to a trailer? Come on. Now. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trailers at all because there's some nice ones. You know, no, there's some nice ones. Oh, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> a couple people I know live in trailers are nicer than what I live in. Same. So
1: <laughs>
0: but no, it's just like they moved into this really, actually, from what I understand, the trailer was smaller than the apartment we are in right now.
1: Oh, damn. And
0: this apartment is 410 square feet? And it's a studio. Oh, so the one that you're in right now. Yeah, we're, uh, yeah. Um, theirs was 350. That that uh trailer, and she had two more babies. No. Yes, she did. <laughs> um, <laughs> two more sons. Uh, December of 1995, John was born, and then September of 1997, Paul was born. So that's mom, a toddler a baby and a newborn and dad in an apartment smaller than where we are right now
1: they all slept in the same bed
0: i've had one person stay the night with me over the like weekend here mm-hmm. and it's cramped oh,
1: yeah. like
0: you like one more than one day and all of a sudden i'm like you need to go home <laughs> i just can't imagine two adults and three kids in this space
1: no just imagine having to sleep in the same bed your kids kicking your ribs and your back and like smacking in the face when you're trying to sleep
0: when i live with my sister i used to watch like we work different shifts so i worked during the day and she worked at night Mm -hmm. and her son i would like sleep i would like lay in bed next to him i could never sleep comfortably With this baby next to me. I was convinced he was going to fall out the bed. I was going to roll over him and kill him. Like something was going to happen that's bad. It was constantly me like nodding off for a couple minutes. And then waking up and looking at him. And then falling back asleep. And waking up and looking. It was the most un- (laughs) Un- Like restful sleep of my life. Watching this like. Six month
1: old baby. They will hurt you. Believe me.
0: And he was hot. He's always hot. I believe it. And he would somehow manage to take up like half of a full-size bed. Yeah. You are so small. What is wrong with you?
1: Yeah, that's what they do.
0: But uh, back on to Andrea and Rusty. Uh, they kept up with the Warinecki family through letters and videos. Um, and for some reason, Michael Warinecki kept diagnosing Andrea as evil and telling her that her life was cursed I I really couldn't find a reason for this. And, like, I went through a lot of sources. I read two different books for this.
1: But didn't you say he said all women are evil anyway? He did
0: say all women are evil, but, like, it felt like it was almost, like, personal. Oh, Like, I could only imagine what kind of effect this must have been having on Andrea because Michael is, like, the leader of this little church, and he set himself up to be, like, the voice of God. And she's getting constant messages from the voice of God saying that God hates you. Mm. Like, so, in 1998... The Yates family visits the Warren in Miami because Michael's going to sell his motorhome. And by motorhome, I mean a Greyhound bus that he converted into a little apartment to travel across the country and preach from. They stayed there for about a week. And during that time, Michael and Rusty got into a fight. In another stunning bit of wisdom... Michael said that Rusty was neglecting his family for his career and sacrificing his wife and children. Mm. Um, Rusty did not agree that leaving Andrea with a newborn toddler and preschooler every day in a tiny house was at all bad. No, not at all. <laughs> and uh Rusty and Michael kind of stopped being friendly after this. Uh Rusty, Rusty like talked about this later on and like said that they like drifted apart. But it seems like he wasn't open to even a religious figure telling him that he needed to be a better husband and father.
1: Oh, my God. So you weren't trying to change. You just, you just wanted to have kids and just keep doing what you're doing, basically.
0: After they bought the mobile home, they moved back to Houston. Um, to put it simply, Andrea was overwhelmed. Uh, she had to homeschool the oldest boy, breastfeed, keep a toddler occupied, uh, feed her family wash cloth diapers to save money she was also caring for her own father who had alzheimer's
1: oh no
0: friends of their family like of the family tried to tell rusty this is too much for one person to handle but he wouldn't listen and he was just like this is andrew's job as a wife and a mother Uh, uh, um
1: what
0: yeah they were still following the Warnecke's church, and Andrea was still receiving guidance from them that she needed to beat her children more often, mm. and that like normal child behavior was disrespectful. Um, they also were consistently telling her that like not hitting her kids was damning them to hell.
1: Well, then I guess my kids are going to hell,
0: right? Um, Andrea had their fourth child, Luke, February of nineteen eighty nine. When Luke was four months old, Andrea called Rusty and was just like, I can't take this. Um, when Rusty got home, she was sitting in the corner, like in an almost catatonic state. She'd been chewing on her fingers for hours. <laughs> Rusty was like, you know what we should do? We're going to take a nice family walk on the beach. That'll fix you. No. And um, seeing as Rusty's not at all a mental health professional, the next day she attempted to kill herself for the first time. Hmm. Uh, she was admitted to, uh, She, I think she tried to use her father's medicine to uh, have an overdose. She was admitted to a hospital and prescribed antidepressants. Um, this was the first time in her life that she was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. Uh, the whole hospital wanted to hold her longer to see if the meds were going to have some help. But unfortunately, as anybody who has been on um, what were they SSRIs, I think that's what the official term is for them, but they're uh, serotonin uh, receptor inhibitors. Uh, Yeah, I think they're called SSRIs. Um, These take weeks to take effect. Oh. Um, In fact, one of the things they tell you when you're on them, because I also have major depressive disorder, um, they ask like, my doctors would ask like repeatedly, Are you feeling suicidal? Here's why. Because you're in like a really dark place and then you get this medication and it starts working on your brain, right? But it takes such a long time to pull you out and like essentially like kind of give your brain the serotonin that it's needing. Right. Um, That sometimes you only feel like sort of good. You don't feel like real good yet, but you feel like good enough that if you are suicidal, you might decide to actually do it. Oh. Yes. You've gotten enough motivation now. To hurt yourself, but not enough motivation to
1: go to work oh, or motiva- clean your house. <laughs> I thought it would be motivation to not do it in no. this.
0: It's one of the things that is It's part of the warnings. Um, so that that repeatedly they were like, You have more energy now, don't you, Brittany? And I was like, Yes, you're not. Su-. They were like constantly checking mm-hmm. with me. Something they should have done here um, uh, because they sent her home. Because her insurance didn't cover any more inpatient days. Mm. Something that's going to be a consistent thing that pops up at this woman's life. Insurance? With her insurance limiting the amount of care she can access. Lovely. Um, she did briefly visit with another doctor who put her on an antipsychotic drug. Um, but the Waraneckis believed that medicine and drugs were the tool of the devil. <sighs> So she flushed them. Come on. Before she could even really know whether this was going to help her. Oh, my God. Things got worse for Andrea. She was pulling out her hair in clumps, picking at her skin until it bled. Uh, The voices had come back. She'd stopped eating entirely. Um, One night, Rusty came home from work and he found Andrea holding a knife to her throat. And she, she was begging Rusty to let her end her life. Um, She was hospitalized again and given an antipsychotic medicine um, was called like Haldol. This is the one that uh, had the best effect on her. Mm -hmm. She approved immediately and they sent her home. Friends and family were like, this is definitely the bus. You living on this stupid bus with four children is causing trouble. So Rusty bought a three bedroom house in Clear Lake, Texas. And for a little bit of time, Andrea was doing all right. She was seeing a doctor biweekly. She had a washer and dryer. She was on good medication. Nice, nice. Things were on the up and up. Good, good. Um, doctors were con- they they were they thought that this was postpartum depression made worse by her um, major depressive disorder, and the Yates were advised they should either abstain for se- from sex or Andrea should stay on birth control. Um they did actually opt to uh ignore the church and go on birth control. Oh nice. Um nice. but they didn't stick with this very long.
1: Um, you, you know what would have helped? What? Him getting a goddamn vasectomy.
0: <laughs> no, cuz remember they want babies.
1: But they're supposed to be on birth control. Get a goddamn vasectomy. You got enough kids already.
0: Mm, nope, not enough. So one of the things we know now is that women who suffer from postpartum are at a higher risk of getting in again during subsequent pregnancies and the episodes tend to get worse each with each pregnancy. Mm. Um, Andrea was on the way to recovery, but another birth would absolutely destroy the progress she had made. So they were advised you should stop having kids right now and give it a couple years. You're still pretty young, you know, let Andrea get more stable Do you want to know how quickly they decided that they should have another kid?
1: A week later.
0: Seven weeks after she was discharged. Oh, my God. Um, Rusty kind of looked at Andrea's mental illness and postpartum and the suicide attempts is like, Kind of like her having the flu, and that's literally a direct quote. Dude, just like the flu.
1: Come on. His
0: thought was, if she relapses, we'll just go back to the hospital and get new medicine. You no, know, that's not how
1: that works, though.
0: It's not how that works, and that's definitely something he didn't realize, which is that like <clears throat> the kind of medications that she's on take a while to set in, and she's going to have to come off of them to get pregnant.
1: Oh, God.
0: And going off of these meds very quickly is very dangerous.
1: Yeah, I can imagine.
0: So, yes, she stopped taking her medication seven weeks after being discharged from the hospital in 2000, and she had her fifth child, Mary, in November of 2000.
1: Oh, finally a girl. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Um, she she actually seemed to be doing all right. Though there was, like, a weird situation where she tried to feed like a very young baby real food, and the baby, like, started choking. I don't know why she was doing that, but Mm. also like, this is a woman clearly under stress.
1: Yeah.
0: But, um, March 2001, Andrea's father dies. She starts picking at her skin, pulling out her hair again, ignoring her own health. For the next few months, she's in and out of psychiatric facilities on a revolving door of medicines, trying to find the right combination here. Um, Doctors tell Rusty, do not leave Andrea alone at all. Something that Rusty ignored He arranged for his mother to come and watch the kids with Andrea, but he still left her alone for small bouts of time. He thought that she would become dependent on him and his mother for help with her wifely duties.
1: Dude, they told you not to leave her alone for a reason.
0: April, 2001, she began seeing a new doctor. His name is Dr. Muhammad Saeed. Um, A month after that, uh, May third, two thousand one, she regresses to almost a catatonic state. One afternoon, Rusty's mom, her name is Dora Yates, um, finds her. She had filled the bathtub in the middle of the afternoon. Um, and when Dora was like, "What's the bathtub for?" she is just like, "I just wanted to." Of course, um, later on, Andrea would say that that was a no- that was a day that she had intended on killing the children, mm-hmm. but she had changed her mind. Um. She didn't tell her children that at all. Like She didn't tell the doctors that at all. Of
1: course, of course.
0: She was hospitalized again the next day. The psychiatrist there on May 4th thought she was suicidal. And they thought that the tub had been for her. Rusty was useless and actually quite frustrating through this whole process. He actually told Andrea at one point that she should think happy thoughts.
1: I'm going to punch you in the nuts. The
0: common phrase of neurotypical people who do not understand how any of this works at all.
1: Right there. You're going to sucker punch right in your voice.
0: (sighs) Yeah. God. He's he's super, super frustrating. Um, Andrea continued to see Dr. Saeed until June 20th, 2001, when she was arrested. Um, That day, Rusty left for work. He left her alone to watch the children, which was directly against uh, Saeed's instructions rusty's mother dora was scheduled to get there at 10 a.m to help her for the rest of the day so rusty was only going to be gone for an hour
1: he could have stayed that damn hour
0: i think so too <sighs> this is the part where i'm going to explain what happens i have no issue with you skipping over like the next like four minutes to anyone listening okay. um, she filled the bathtub with water, and she drowned uh, five-year-old John first. Um, then she carried him to her and Rusty's bedroom, laid him on the bed, covered him with a sheet. She did this again to Paul, who was three, Luke, who was two, and then six-month-old Mary. While she was in the process of drowning Mary, Noah walked into the bathroom. He was now seven, and he was like, what's wrong with Mary? Mary. Um, the little boy tried to run away, but Andrea caught him and drowned him too. Mm. She left his body in the tub and took Mary and laid him in John's arms. <sighs> Andrea called the police. Um, the, actually, I actually saw the, um, the transcript of the call to the police. And it was very weird. She was just like, I need him to come. And they were like, the 911 operator's like, who, who do you need to come? And she's like, my husband. And he's like, she's like, are you okay? Are you ill? And she's like, yes, I'm ill. And um, they're like, do you need a police officer? uh, Or do you need a firefighter? And she's just like, yes, firefighters should come. Send an ambulance too. And then she called her husband mm-hmm. um again i already told you the situation where she told them it's time yeah when the police arrived Andrea was still wet and she greeted them at the door um she said very calmly i just killed my kids then she sat down in the living room and the officers checked Uh, every account that I read of this and I don't go, I don't have any, I don't go too into details on this in my notes, but that it was a very, just a a life altering experience for the police officers who checked, um, horrible, um, to walk in and see the little boy in the tub and then to walk down the hall and see the other four children laid out, Mm -hmm. um, she told, she spoke to a detective, his name was Ed Mel, saying, I'm a bad mother and I deserve to be punished. She didn't struggle with the police as the EMTs came into the house to see if her children were still alive. She just looked kind of blankly at her neighbors as they led her away. Um, the police reported that, this is the part that really like annoyed me. I just really frustrated me because Rusty was like, you're not living up to your wifely duties. I'm like, bruh, Nobody was doing anything in that house because apparently they said the house was, like, just super cluttered. Dishes were everywhere. Everything was super messy. Like, if she's in such a state where she can do nothing, like, what wifely duties do you think she's, like, becoming dependent on you? She can't even wash a dish. Yeah. That's a whole different level. Yeah. But, um... The children were confirmed dead when the uh, when the medical examiner got there. Uh, Rusty was not allowed to enter the home for five hours. He told the police that his wife was depressed and that she was on medication. At the police station, they recorded an interview of Andrea Yates, and she confessed. She's like nearly emaciated. At this point, she is like stuttering. She is filthy. Her scalp is covered in bald patches from her pulling her hair out and scabs from her like scratching at her scalp. On top of that, the recorded confession was bizarre. It was a mixture of her discussing what she did, but also it was like all of that like religious mumbo jumbo Mm -hmm. twisted into it. Like, this, this she, like, internalized over the last, last eight years of being with Rusty. Like, she told them she killed her children because she was a bad mother. Um, she explained exactly, like I told you in detail, like, which one and how she did it. Um, she told the police, like, they were like, well, did the children do anything wrong? She's like, no. She's like, um, were you mad at them? She's like, no. They weren't developing correctly. And so they're like, what does that mean? And she's just like, well, you know, I've been thinking about doing this for the last two years. And that she said that she needed to be punished for not raising them correctly. And the officer realized that she wanted the criminal justice system to punish her for being a bad mom, according to her own religion. She was sure that if things went on the way they were going, her evilness would infect these children and they would never get to go to heaven. Um, she believed that just like the Warren told her she was damned, but at least she could save her children's souls. Mm. She said that she had nearly killed them two months ago. Um, but changed her mind, gave them the name of her current psychiatrist. Um, she said she hadn't killed them because someone was at home with her at the time. The officer interviewing her shut off the recording 18 minutes later. Um, after asking Andrea to give all the birth dates of her children. So for his records, that day, she was charged with two counts of capital murder for intentionally and knowingly causing the death of three of her children with water as the weapon. There was no mention on this report at all of her mental illness. Why not? Exactly. On the flip side, Rusty began telling the press that she had been dealing with serious mental health issues since the birth of their fourth child in 1999. Doctor Sayeed called Rusty the day of the murders and was shocked. He was like Doctor Sayeed was under the belief that Rusty's mother lived there with them, mm-hmm. and she was always there. Right. Not that she was showing up every morning and then going home at I night. I mean,
1: yeah, the latter would make sense, and mm-hmm. the former it would make sense.
0: Um. One day, because this is like a media firestorm at this part. No one can imagine this. You know, horrible thing happened in beautiful Middle, middle America. One day, Rusty goes outside with a picture of his family and tells the group of reporters everything he remembers from that day. And he publicly supports Andrea, telling the reporter she's a good mom. She just wasn't in her right frame of mind. June 22nd, Andrea appears in front of Judge Belinda Hill and listens to prosecutor Kaylin Williford. Um, it was Williford's first capital murder case, and oh, she gave it everything she had.
1: No.
0: Um, Andrea said she didn't have an attorney, didn't have an attorney, and was given a public defender named Bob Scott, who immediately requested a gag order on everything that was going to be investigated so that it wasn't leaked to the press. Um, He wanted the state to keep quiet on whether they were going to seek the death penalty. Uh, The prosecution complied at this point. Um, Rusty got a family friend named George Parnham to help with the case. And George negotiated a meeting between Rusty and Andrea because at this point he wasn't even allowed to see her. Anymore. I
1: don't um, think seeing her would be the, the she best She rejected thing anyway. the attorney. There you go.
0: She told Rusty, you will be greatly rewarded. And then said, have a nice life. <laughs> and told him to leave. Um, the reason why she was so weird during this interview... Um, this, this time was that the prison didn't have like the medication that she needed. Right. So they just were putting her on sedatives. So she was just high as the kite that day. It oh, was nice. like, have a nice life. Bye. Um, a man by the name of Wendell Odom was enlisted to help Parnum. Um, when he went to see Andrea, she only wanted to know what plea they were going to submit for her because she said she was not going to plead guilty. Mm. Um, at this point, Wendell was like, I'm not even sure you can stand trial for yourself. Um, she still, even while she was in prison, she still wasn't bathing. And she was barely aware of the world around her. She was still shaking and like scratching at her scalp. There was a doctor by the name of Lucy Perrier, um, who ended up evaluating her for the defense Ed said that Andrea was suffering from something called postpartum psychosis and described her as the sickest person I have ever seen in my life. Oh, um, I'm gonna pause this because a lot of people know what postpartum depression is. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't actually know what postpartum psychosis was. until I, I started reading about this. Yeah. I
1: didn't know that was a thing.
0: So postpartum depression occurs in about 20% of women who have children, a uh, 10 to 20% is the, the general percentage, um, it just happens because there are a extreme amount of hormonal shifts happening within the pregnant woman. And um, it, it, they have weird thoughts. They feel unsure. Sometimes they have trouble bonding with the child. Mm-hmm. Um, postpartum psychosis is actually quite rare and only occurs in about 0.1 to 0.2% of all women who give birth. It's treatable but very severe. Um, And it can happen to women who've never had any mental health issues before, but women who already have a history of mental illness are at a higher risk for it. Um, It starts within weeks of the pregnancy, like the birth. And um, if it's treated like quickly, you're perfectly fine. But like, as for the symptoms of this, Andrea had them all. Strange beliefs, hearing and seeing things that aren't there, severe confusion, bouts of mania with a loss of touch of reality. Uh, Andrea's medical records were subpoenaed and psychiatrists were ordered to speak to her. Um, She very consistently um, told all of them that God would accept her children into heaven. Um, When one of the doctors reversed the question and was like, what would happen if you'd left the children alive? Andrea told them the children would continue stumbling in their lives and go to hell. When asked, like, what were the children doing to show you that you were being a bad mom? Mm -hmm. Andrea said that they didn't treat Rusty's mother with respects and weren't doing the things that God liked,
1: which is so vague. Yeah. What didn't.
0: The judge did issue the gag order five days later, um, which is the same day that the children were buried. But it didn't really matter because information just leaked constantly to the press. Right. Um, A funeral was reported on the media. Rusty was grim and sad and spoke at, at each of his children's coffins, telling they were in good hands and placing the child's favorite toy inside the coffin. He gave a eulogy for his children discussing their personalities, and he showed pictures of them. He read a few Bible verses, called it God's will, and sat down. Andrea was not permitted to attend her children's funeral, but other family members did. Um, By June 28th, the media were predicting what was going to happen here. Texas juries are very apt to recommend the death penalty, but they have always found it hard to kill mothers. Hmm. As of May 17th, 2021, there are 17 women on death row for killing their children. But roughly hundred and eighty children are killed by their mothers every year in the US. Oh my god. So of the ones that happened every year, like what less than one percent of them actually end up on death row. Mm-hmm. For some reason, as a culture, we really struggle to put a woman to death put a mother to death.
1: Yeah. Um It's weird. It's weird. Put yeah. a child to death. Uh.
0: Texas indicted Andrea for the deaths of Noah, John, and Mary on July 31st, 2001. The prevailing theory as to why they did not include the all the children is that if the initial charges didn't go the way the state wanted, they could prosecute her again and not fall mm-hmm. under.
1: Look at them using their brains.
0: Yep. So they're like, listen, we're going to do these first three. And if this doesn't go the way we want, we're going to prosecute the other two. There you go. Um, Judge Hill ordered a third psych evaluation for Andrea um, for her arraignment. The arraignment is when you're expected to submit your plea and hear the formal charges against you. She appeared in court August 8th, 2001. She was thinner than she first appeared in June. She'd been put back on the same antipsychotic that had worked for her in 1999, but it didn't seem to be working now. Hmm. Um, She was very clearly deteriorating, but the Texas court-appointed psychiatrist was like, nah, she's good. Her legal team did not agree and they wanted the jury to see and decide for themselves since the psychiatrist they'd all hired said that Andrea was not competent enough to to stand trial. Competency here meaning that she's able to participate in her own defense and fully comprehend what's happening in court. Right. The judge had agreed to look at the medical testimony from Dr. Saeed that was given to the grand jury before her indictment, and they set up a competency hearing. Um, the day after they, the judge agreed to the competency hearing. The prosecution was like, "Yeah, so we're going to be seeking the death penalty." So much for that gag order, right? Eh? Oh. Um, the judge ordered no one could speak publicly about this, but Rusty did a 60 Minutes interview Oh my God! where he showed videos of the children and talked about his life with Andrea, but he was careful not to give any opinions mm-hmm. about the trial or talk about anything involving the trial. Well,
1: okay. I mean, that's not too bad.
0: He did everything but. So um, yeah. jury selection began a week after September 11th because everything oh. shut down for September 11th. Oh yeah, isn't God. that yes. wild? 2001, yeah. This happened that year. Wow. Um, so in one of the books uh, that I read for this, called Breaking Point <laughs> by Susie Spencer, it goes into um, some intense details about this competency trial. There were hundreds of pages of documents submitted to the court, um, defense experts saying she's not com- you know, competent, prosecutions saying she is, lawyers arguing about the state, psychologist being allowed to visit andrea without the defense knowledge the judge ruled that that interview couldn't be used but at the end of the trial it still got used it was all crazy there's his his name was dr gerald harris and he testified that he met andrea four times and that she showed signs of psychosis and hallucination on june 25th that's five days after the murder Hmm. she was seeing visions of satan in her jail cell He told the court she had a hard time understanding questions and it would take her like a really long time to like process what he was asking her. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that Andrea seemed to be certain of was that she deserved to be executed and go to hell because once she was killed, the devil within her would be destroyed. She insisted she didn't need a lawyer She was not going to plead guilty and then she wanted to shave her head to prove that she had been given the mark of Satan and it was on her scalp. And if she shaved her head, they won't be able to see it. Oh my God. Dr. Harris did tell the court that after three months of being medicated, she did seem to stop having hallucinations and could hold on to like have a conversation, but she still struggled with delusions. And while she was a rather like average intelligence woman, she struggled with remembering things, which is kind of important for a trial where you're supposed to remember the details of what you did. Right. And it's like I said, as someone with MVD, your memory, like long term depression, and your memory, it's just shot. I just forget stuff.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: it's awful. It makes me feel terrible.
1: Oh um, goodness.
0: There was another doctor named Lauren Marinjo who testified about the changes that happened to your brain at different psychological States. Um, Dr. Marinjo is actually an expert on depression and she walked the court through the previous two years of Andrea's life and said that with extensive treatment, Andrea could become competent, but at this moment she was not. Um, The prosecution used the prison staff to support their assertion that Andrea was okay um, there on. was a doctor named Steve Rubenzer who had spent 10 hours with her and done tests. This was the one that the defense was disputing because the defense wasn't there when they did these competency tests. Mm-hmm. Um, September 24th, 2001, a jury of 11 men and one woman deemed her fit to stand trial. On October 30th, Andrea's attorneys filed 36 pre-trial motions. <laughs> everything in the book that they could file they did but the most important one was that the court reconsider part of the Texas criminal code that would stop jurors from knowing that a verdict of not guilty by reason of insanity was not actually an acquittal and i didn't realize this either like i think you know it kind of but you people always say like oh that person got away with you know murder by reason of insanity.
1: Oh. But right, the
0: reality right. of that is that you don't like get to go free. No,
1: no, no. You're not. You free. agree
0: to like go to a mental facility roughly for the rest of your life. Yep. You just aren't going to prison. But I mean, really, if we're arguing some of, psychiatric facilities are like prison. I was about to
1: say it is prison.
0: Yeah. So um people like the common, I think, general idea in America is that you get to walk away from this. But that's not true at all. So what her attorneys wanted was for them to essentially say, like, no, if you do this, if you give her, you know, guilty, not guilty by reason of insanity, it doesn't mean she gets away with murder. It just means she's going to go to a facility that can actually help her. Right. But apparently in Texas, you can't do that. They're not allowed to know that. Why not? It's against the rules.
1: It's against the rules or against the law.
0: It's part of the Texas criminal code that jurors are not supposed to understand like that about that verdict. That's some bullshit. It's weird. And it's something that after this case has been
1: disputed. Like why wouldn't you want your jurors to be fully like to fully understand what's <gasps> right. going on? Um
0: that's what I said too. Uh now Andrea's defense also wanted her confession thrown out because it was done about an hour after the murders where she was not on any medication. And she was definitely not competent enough to waive her right to an attorney that day.
1: Yeah. But you did it. It was the freshest. So at
0: this end, they were trying um, in November, a psychiatrist for the prosecution interviewed Andrea. His name was Dr. Park Dietz and he is a nationally Well known forensic psychiatrist who worked on Jeffrey Dahmer's case for the FBI. Oh. As well as Susan Smith, who also drowned her children. Oh,
1: wait. You said Jeffrey Dahmer. You mean your boy?
0: No. Dahmer.
1: No. I'm talking about Bundy. No, not Bundy. (laughs) Not Bundy. Not your boy. Not my boy. Not your boy. Your boy. Oh my God. Okay, Dahmer is not my boy. Uh, I but don't here's like the thing people. though.
0: Despite him being a very well-respected forensic psychiatrist, he knew virtually nothing about postpartum depression or psychosis. It wasn't his area of expertise. Uh, that interview was taped and released to the public.
1: Oh, they probably ate him alive.
0: She no, she repeated a lot of what I've told uh, what oh, she, she probably, I told you to she. Dr. Dietz um december was a really tough month the defense lost nearly all of their motions specifically the one about the jury um they begin wadir which is jury selection january 6 2002 eight women and four men were chosen seven of those jurors had children and two had degrees in psychology Hmm. all were aware that they were allowed to choose the death penalty Trial was set for February 18th, 2002. This was super high profile. And literally like every night, the media's medical experts were debating whether Andrea Yates was actually crazy. Should she get off? Like the prosecution was like, listen, Andrea Yates drowned her five kids. She knew it was wrong. She known because she didn't kill them when her husband was home the month before. Um, And she waited until he was gone the day that she did it. Then she called the police. Um, both Williford and her partner, Joseph ombi tried to keep the jury focused on the fact that she knew what was right when it happened and that her mental health wasn't really a factor. Of course, the defense was that she didn't know what she was doing because she is insane. Um, as we discussed during the Herbert Mullen case in episode 13, this is still very hard to prove in court. Mm-hmm. Um Andrea's defense said that she'd been suffering from the postpartum depression since her second son was born, postpartum psychosis since the final child was born. Um, her lawyer, Parnum, said that Andrea's mental illness was so severe and so long-standing that Andrea Yates' ability to think is at, in abstract terms, to give narrative responses and to be able to connect the dots is impaired.
1: Hmm. Really.
0: He specifically avoided bringing up the religious stuff because he thought that her fixation on religion was a manifestation of the bigger problem. Like, it wasn't just the devil made me do it. It was.
1: That's a movie coming out. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's about the Warrens, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have to watch it. Anyway, Um, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) They were going to leave it up to the jurors to decide if she was in the midst of a debilitating psychotic state when she killed her children. Um. This is rough because now after a year of consistent medical treatment, Andrea looked a lot better and it would be unethical to remove her from the medications to show how she behaves when she's not on it. Yeah,
1: please don't. No.
0: Um, weirdly enough, Dora Yates testified for the prosecution on how Andrea did nothing at home but just sit and stare into space. And so like a lot of people who reported on this, like, I read a couple of news articles, news articles and they were just like this kind of was more helpful to the defense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And You
0: saying that like, she pretty much was at home in a catatonic state all the time. Thank but you. Regardless.
1: We appreciate your help.
0: One of the other things that the prosecution did was they showed a picture of one of the children's like clenched fist and it had some of Andrea's hair in it. Mm. Showing that the baby had fought back. Well, not the baby, but one of the other children had fought right, back. Right. Um, and also to show how small their little hands were when they died. Um, Andrea's lawyer was like, This is just a, an attempt to work up the jewelry. He was right. Um, they also showed the pajamas. They like literally entered the children's Come pajamas on. into evidence okay. to show how small they were, Come on. and how Andrea was so much bigger. We than,
1: we know how big seven year old five right. Six we year. know how
0: like literally this is like a fifty pound child.
1: Yeah, we know how big they are. We don't have to show us that stuff. I don't want them to see it.
0: Uh, the defense launched their portion of the trial. They started with the prison psychiatrist Melissa Ferguson to give the court an idea of what Andrea looked like when she entered the prison. How she couldn't answer any questions or really talk much. Um, One of the books that I read for this podcast is called Are You There Alone? And it was from Suzanne O'Malley. And one of the most bizarre things that Suzanne points out about this entire relationship, but specifically the trial, is that Rusty Yates is almost as delusional as his wife. He maintained this almost childish naivete that Andrea would be found innocent and that they would have more children after she left a mental health facility.
1: Boy, no. No.
0: At some point while he was testifying in her defense, I think it might have he might have finally really understood the breadth of his wife's illness. Because before the murders, Rusty was very much the type of person to tell, you know, people just think happy thoughts or. um, Brian Kennedy uh, Andrea's brother said that one time uh, he even said that like depressed people just needed like a swift kick in the rear.
1: You need a swift kick in- to
0: get you know in gear.
1: In your face, sir! You fucking clog. Um,
0: during Rusty's testimony, though, he had a bone to pick with Doctor Saeed. so. Do- Mind you, Dr. Saeed is the one who said, don't leave her alone, yeah. ever.
1: Yeah, what's what is, what's his problem with doctor?
0: So Rusty said, Dr. Saeed is responsible for my wife's mental care, not me. I'm not a mental health care professional. And since Andrea hadn't told him about the hallucinations, he's like, I assume that what was being done, you know, was being done.
1: Boy, that is your wife. Right? You should know this stuff.
0: But he—that's what I'm saying. He was neglectful of her throughout their entire relationship. It's
1: not your—it's not the doctor's fault. You—it's it, like partly your fault too, because you weren't paying attention to her. You—you mm. you weren't there for her, and you are sure you fucking asshole. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, well, Rusty also said that if she was as sick as Doctor Saeed had told the cops, then she should have never been released. At all,
1: she shouldn't have been left alone. Like which is true fucking left her alone. This which is true. Yeah, yeah, she it, shouldn't yeah. have
0: been released. But Dr. Saeed also told the cops that he didn't want to release Andrea, but her insurance only covered her stay in an inpatient facility for ten days.
1: Mm.
0: So fucking insurance. They were at a loss. Um, Dr. Saeed did testify in the third week of the trial that when he met with Andrea two days before the murder, she was not displaying psychosis at that time, and that he had diagnosed her with depression with psychotic features. The defense questioned his notes and said, did you add these after she got arrested for murder? And Saeed was like, no. Because they were saying that he didn't do his job and that he should have been a little more thorough.
1: I'm pretty, like... I'm pretty sure he, he did the best he could of right. what he could. Like nobody else was there to help. Right. Her. Like she was lucky enough to get like a doctor. Like her husband like her husband actually took her to
0: Right, fucking... yeah, at that point. Well, Andrew's <sighs> mother spoke on her behalf. She was not cross examined, and then they brought out their big guns. Three very well known psychiatrists, uh Philip Resnick, Steve Rosenblatt, and Lucy Perrier. This was a three-part plan. So Rosenblatt had interviewed Andrea five days after the killing and stated that Andrea was in a deep state of psychosis and that it would have taken weeks for her to get this bad, not days, which directly cuts into Dr. Saeed's diagnosis of saying that two days before the murder, she was all right.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Per year focused on the internalized shame from her first suicide attempt and how she had had a lot of secrecy about her suicidal ideation after that. Because after that, she didn't tell anybody about any of the stuff she was thinking or seeing or hearing. Right. Pryor also handled the main chunk of explaining to the jury the difference between postpartum depression and psychosis. Then Resnick, uh, his specialty was parasite. Um, He referred to the killings as being altruistic in nature. In that she knew what she was doing was illegal, but she believed that her choice to override this... Um, right and wrong was because she was doing it for the betterment of the child.
1: That actually makes sense. Right. So this said. wasn't
0: like I'm killing my kids because I don't know some man wants me to move to you know. Yeah. North Carolina or yeah, something yeah. like that. Like this was done with her thinking about their best interest at heart.
1: But she knew it was wrong. But she, does, she did. She did know it was, it was wrong illegal. to kill people. Yeah.
0: Um, Resnick met her in her cell on two separate occasions and he was just like, I'm pretty sure she's schizophrenic as well. Um, his diagnosis did contradict the other doctors, but he's just simply stated like, listen, this is just my interpretation of the same data that we're all looking at. Right. Um, after that, the prosecution had their opportunity for a rebuttal. And that is when they bought in, brought in Dr. Park Dietz. This was a big deal because Dr. Dietz and Dr. Resnick had been on the opposite side of the courtroom before. And Deets usually won.
1: Oh oh
0: he was very good at explaining complex things in simple ways for juries which tends to earn you favor in courtrooms
1: i do like to be talked to like i don't know things this is because Listen, sometimes essentially I'm essentially explain
0: to me like i'm five like please in a courtroom
1: like because sometimes i am stupid and you need to talk to me well, like it's child. also
0: like these cases are long they go on for weeks like you need somebody to explain yeah. like okay can you just say in basic words what psychosis is because i'm tired of hearing yep. uh, my, my 12th brain grade is 13th dead. grade language y'all know Need to move on from this thirteenth grade. Thirteenth grade. Listen, I'm not ready for thirteenth grade right now, <laughs> sir. Oh my uh, God. In fact, during the trial, Dietz used a PowerPoint, um, and he admitted, "Yes, Andrea Yates is seriously mentally ill, but she," ad- he said, "she hadn't acted like a mother who was saving her children. He said she was aware of her delusions and had not done anything to protect her children." Dietz pointed out that in Yates' own words, she had committed a sin and she knew what she had done was wrong. He also pointed out that Yates deserved the death penalty for her crimes and that her covering the children's bodies with a sheet was a sign of guilt. He also wondered why she hadn't comforted her children or reassured them afterward that this was an act of love. Um, Dietz also blamed Rusty, too. Thank you. He reminded the court that Dr. Saeed um, and also another doctor who she had worked with before, Dr. Eileen Starbranch, had advised her not to go off of her meds to get pregnant and not to leave Andrea alone. This is true. He said that Rusty should have realized that if a doctor was saying, don't leave her alone, it means you can't leave her alone with the kids. He pointed out that Andrea had been living in an unhealthy condition for a very long time and had not received the continuous care that she needed to recover. And that's the really big word here. Continuous care. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for Rusty to con- keep taking her back to the doctors every couple months. Yeah. But, but she needed ongoing, consistent like mental
1: health care. daily, hourly. Like that's like.
0: um, it's It's one of those interesting things. After my mom passed, I was seeing a therapist twice a week. Every week for months yeah. that that matters so like if you're saying that somebody's in this like deep psych like psychosis I was nowhere near anything like that
1: mm-hmm. and you were you said and twice I was a week.
0: yeah I was still going to see a therapist twice a week so I feel like honestly like I, I like I said like Dr Sayed said she should have been committed
1: yeah and she was only getting help like would you say once a month
0: not like, yeah it was like one time well the year that this happened yeah. April. May, like a, a couple, of, like June. I'm like, like once, once a month though. is not enough. Yeah. That's that's what you like. You get put on once a month appointments when you're in like full on like recovery, and they're like, "Oh, we're just gonna check on you every yeah. so often. You're doing
1: good." I mean, that's what I did for counseling like, once a month. Next... Yeah,
0: that's that's kind of like where it would be now for yeah. me. Like, hey, you know, we'll just just stop by once a month. Yeah, we'll keep up with ya. yeah, exactly. But like once a month for somebody who is this far down the rabbit hole it's it's not enough um now Dietz also said in court that when Andrea was in prison she told him I shouldn't have done this um he did concede that it's possible that Andrea's psychosis could have gotten worse after she killed the children so that the other doctors weren't lying um but that he did say that the delusions that she would told him and the delusions she told the other doctors days and weeks later were different. Um, yes. It was his opinion that her motive for murder was the same as her motive for suicide. She saw no way out of her life with a man who gave her no help and left her with five children. Mm-hmm. This was a way for her to escape in the same way that she was trying to escape by killing herself. He also like went on this weird tangent where he said that Andrea had seen a Law and Order episode. About a mother who killed her children and had gotten away with murder. Hmm. That's going to come up later. Closing arguments happen. Willa Ford dramatically asked the jury to sit in silence for the three minutes that would have taken for each of the children to die. <sighs> I know. Very dramatic. Um, Parnum just decided to reiterate what the psychiatrist said and let their work speak for him. The jury deliberated for three hours and returned with a verdict on March 12, 2002. Andrea was guilty. Rusty cried in the courtroom. Andrea tried to give her brother Brian a smile, but cried as they let her out. Um, The nation debated whether she'd get a death penalty or not. Every imaginable concept was run through. The verdict was unfair. Give her life in prison. The verdict is fair. She deserves to die. Would it have been different if the jurors had known about the not guilty by insanity ruling? Yes. Why aren't they allowed to know this information? It
1: would definitely be different. And can, can I just say something? I All the psychologists in this, I just, in all the psychology going on, it's just giving me like a huge brain boner right now. <laughs> I'm just learning all this cool stuff. It was like, oh my God, yes. Oh, well.
0: Are you ready for this bombshell? Yeah, go ahead. The defense discover that park deets lied that episode of law and order that he was sure that andrea had seen and told him about never happened and the best part about this is the reason why they even found out about this is because of one of the women who wrote the book
1: because she what? that
0: i read uh-huh. the one that came out in 2005 um her name is suzanne uh why did i forget her last name that fast i've already mentioned her like four times suzanne o'malley
1: was she like Suzanne,
0: a writer? Suzanne O'Malley was a writer for Law and Order. I see her name in yes. all sentence. Yes. Need- Suzanne O'Malley is a writer was a writer for Law and Order. And almost immediately she because she was working, she was writing for this. Well, she was writing this book, but she was also working for Oprah and the New York Times covering the case. So she immediately was like, no, I checked with everyone who I know mm-hmm. who still writes on this show. There's no episode about a woman killing her family in a bathtub and getting away with murder. Oh, yeah, no. So now, they did release an episode about that in 2004, <laughs> but that is three years after this case.
1: Yeah, that happened
0: later. Right. So, um, <laughs> that kind that's of... Crazy. That's wild that one of the the people... Like, this is a former writer for Law & Order who is also a... At this point, honestly, I should just, like, I've read a lot of Susan O'Malley's books for these <laughs> podcasts. I need to send her an email and be like, yo, you want to be on our podcast? Because I like you. <laughs> but I, who knew that, like, I didn't realize that that, like, that's why. That detail, the fact that this woman was doing this case is ultimately the reason why this case gets overturned.
1: I don't mind that. Because... don't 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 be lying. Come on now.
0: So the funny thing here is that Dietz sends a letter and he's just like, ah, I made an error. I guess Andrea never told me about this. His reputation does take a little bit of a hit, but he is still considered to be a renowned, successful forensic psychiatrist. Um, Parnum and Odom ask for a mistrial immediately, Mm -hmm. but Judge Hill declines
1: it. Um, I mean, it was just that one line, though. It can't, like, cause a mistrial for... Well,
0: you we'll get there we'll see
1: where it goes yeah really okay uh later that spring the jury
0: meets again to discuss sentencing and in under an hour actually it was under 40 minutes they come back and they give her life in prison option for parole in 2041 the jury even like barely even discussed the death penalty which is exactly what we were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier which is that we just do not want to put a mom in jail like Mm -hmm. mom on death row yeah um Andrea didn't seem to really react to this news in the courtroom. Um, she was sent to Mountain Mountain View Unit, which is a state psychiatry prison in eastern Texas. Um, Rusty did all manner of interviews he could. I'd, his name popped up so often in my research. He insisted his family had been a victim of the poor mental health system in the United States that he he ignored that he had been warned and said that Andrea had never properly been treated and then he set up a website to describe his side of things and show pictures of his families and yes i did look up that website it's called yateskids.org oh and currently it is not working
1: look here i want to call i want to call
0: now <laughs> many people believe like you
1: i'm dying <clears throat>
0: Many many people believe, like you, though, um, that Rusty was culpable and the deaths of his children. Absolutely. Um, others also said that Dr. Said should have looked further into her medical history and maybe put her on the medicine that she had been on in '99. Um, in fact, dozens of emails were sent to the local Harris County DA, Chuck Rosenthal. Uh, to investigate both of them oh nice um rusty repeatedly Hmm. was just like listen it was just an hour my mom was gonna be there in under an hour yeah
1: but you know how long it takes to kill somebody not very long apparently
0: it takes three minutes to drown someone or at least a child
1: three children though that's what they charge her for right the three children Three minutes. yeah one minute per child
0: Yeah, actually, uh, every year before summer camp, we have to go through water safety training. And uh, our uh, head lifeguard tells us that uh, 30 seconds, that's how quickly a kid can receive, lose so much oxygen that they have permanent brain damage. Really? Yep. Scared the crap out of me the first year I ever started working for them. Oh, my God. I was like, 30 seconds? Oh, God. What? What?
1: Oh my Never let them out of
0: your sight when they're near water.
1: No, not at all. <laughs> Terrifying. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, no swimming. This Rusty way.
0: blamed the hospital and the doctors. He threatened to sue them. Um, but there was no investigation into Rusty and no lawsuit, ultimately. Um, January 6, 2005. So um, three years after the initial verdict, mm-hmm. the Texas Court of Appeals overturns Andrea's sentence. Dr. Parks Dietz's false statement had prejudiced the jury and that was considered to be a miscarriage of justice because essentially Dietz was saying that she had premeditated like this was a premeditated murder. Okay,
1: so okay,
0: So if they thought that she had planned this ahead of time. Yeah. Then there's no way they were ever going to consider that she was insane. Um, Prosecutors insisted they did not purposefully mislead the court, but it didn't matter. Um, January 9th, 2006, Andrea submitted a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. And on February 1st, 2006, she was granted release on bail on the condition that she would stay at a mental health facility and complete her treatment. So she was actually allowed out of prison during the trial.
1: Okay.
0: Um, July 25th, 2006, after three days of deliberation, Andrea Yates was found not guilty and committed to the North Texas State Hospital at Vernon Campus. About a year later... She was deemed well enough to go to a low security facility in Kerrville, Texas, where she has been at the Kerrville State Hospital. She's currently 56 years old and enjoys arts and crafts.
1: Nice. Does um, she have a uh, life in there then?
0: Yeah, she the she could potentially be released. It's highly unlikely though. Yeah, I don't think with everything that she went through and how many years she went untreated. Unfortunately, mental, like severe mental health stuff does change not your brain chemistry, but it almost changes like the way your brain works. Hmm. They have done, they've taken, I forget what those, um, CAT it, scans? Yes, CAT scans of people with different mental illnesses and compared those to people who are neurotypical. And your, Like, your synapses fire differently. Mm. Um, Since we're being so open about my mental health this episode, um, one of the things that I learned after having a very traumatic childhood before I was adopted um, is that I am consistently in fight-or-flight mode. My brain automatically assumes the worst thing is going to happen. How can I navigate how to deal with this? Mm -hmm. And I am 33 years old. It's just something that I've learned to deal with and that I have, to, I cannot trust my instant reaction to things. I have to stop and go, you can work through this. This is not life or death. Right. But because when I was so little, so much was life and death and more than likely when i was my brain was forming itself and becoming a big people brain Mm -hmm. i didn't get a chance to not constantly be in that sense of anxiety and fear
1: i mean yeah as a kid i mean speaking from like my son Mm -hmm. like i can just see like how all this
0: he's very anxious too he is
1: yeah he does suffer from anxiety Mm -hmm. he does and I can just see, like, if... You just learn how to deal with it. it, Exactly. If you didn't get any help for it at all, then, you know, then I can just see him growing up with just, just the biggest, I don't know, just having, like, a bad time basically. Well,
0: the nice thing about it is that you have, you know, sought help with this. Because you don't have to just be anxious all the time. It was amazing to me at, like, 28 years old. I remember, like, telling my ex at the time like do you know how wonderful it is not to worry about you all the time (laughs) because i just assumed that that was how all people were i assumed that if i called like that normal like that everybody freaked out when you called your parent and they didn't pick up the phone and like when i was a teenager i would call my parents repeatedly over and over and over and over again if they weren't home on time i was always afraid i didn't think i didn't think that was i thought that was how everybody was i thought that was normal and then all of a sudden, I'm like, it's not all, it's, you know, so you just have to constantly, um, they call them automatic negative thoughts, ants. And you just have to learn how to challenge your own brain and go, is this is this as bad as you're making it out to be? Probably not.
1: You need some bug spray for those ants.
0: But remember, we talked about how Andrea Yates was suffering from depression and things when she was a teenager. Yeah. Or in middle school. So it's very likely that, Some of these pathways and things that she struggled, you know, this was happening during her formative years, too. And the thing is, your brain also doesn't stop developing until you hit your, like, mid-20s. So that's also when she first met Rusty and she got indoctrinated into that weird religion. So all these things were going on in her brain and she was constantly led to believe that. I mean, it was honestly, it sounds very Mm cult-like. You and I talk about cults every so often. It sounds very (laughs) cult-like. So I really doubt that she will probably ever be released, but at least she will have some semblance of a okay life. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, And that's, you know, that's the best you could wish for her.
0: As for Rusty, (sighs) um, he got divorced. He filed for divorce in 2004 before her trial was overturned. He no longer works for NASA. Um, He remarried in 2006, but has since gotten divorced. They have a little boy who is 12 years old. Hmm. Um, apparently he calls Andrea once a month and he visits her once a year and um they talk about the good times.
1: Okay. Very good times.
0: According to them. Okay. And that's kinda how that goes for the two of them.
1: Okay. That's lovely.
0: Yep. Um, it's an interesting like that's why I said, like this was a, a weird thing to discuss because we still don't um probably give enough respect or acknowledgement to uh women who have postpartum mm-hmm. is, um, people yeah. really don't understand that it like, especially probably for somebody who's never experienced any of those kind of thoughts or suicidal ideation or things of that nature um it's probably very scary for somebody who has had never had any mental health issues and now all of a sudden why do i want to kill myself and my baby yeah you know yeah but if we did better with that, we would probably save a lot of children's lives and also women, too, um, because it, it, it's totally a completely treatable issue. You just have to, one, be in a place where you can tell people about it and not feel guilty mm-hmm. um, Two, be able to get the medical care that you need and move, you know, and then get that continuous care. It's not, this is not a one and done thing. Nothing mental health related is one and done. No, no. Um, I'm sure anybody listening has any sort of diagnosis knows that it's nonstop. Yeah. I definitely frequently refer to it as recovery. Um, I'm fine most of the time. Every once in a while. Same. I'm not. And you just got to work through those days. Same. But yeah. Like I said, I started out being like, there is absolutely no justification for why a woman would kill her children. And as I was going through these two different books and all these news news articles, I was like, well.
1: Yeah. When I got to the trial, I was like, I don't know which side I want to be on right now. Right. Because
0: on one hand, you totally are like, oh, these poor babies. And on the other hand, you're just like,
1: poor Andrea. Yeah, Yeah. Like,
0: did she ever have a chance?
1: Yeah, those poor babies, but poor also, Andrea. Also,
0: if you are a Christian in one of these weird fundamentalist organizations, get out, bruh. Like, being forced to do that whole barefoot pregnant thing sounds like a, just a raw deal. What the hell is that? That's where you just hang out, you know, you're barefoot and pregnant, you cook in the kitchen and you make babies. That's what they want the women to do with some of those organizations. Oh, so
1: just like a housewife, pretty much?
0: Yeah, pretty much, but a housewife with absolutely no power. Like, it's oh. really interesting because like, I hear, like, the old, like, black ladies talk about, like, you know, listen, I might have been at home, but I was in charge of the house. Right. Of course. In their churches, you're at home and you're not in charge. Oh. So <laughs> you're just
1: basically a slave there. Yeah, pretty had, much. M- popping out babies.
0: Like, you know, my grandma might have been like, "Listen, he comes home and he gives the check to me, mm-hmm. and then and I, I make the sure bills. all the bills are paid, yep. and then I give him some of his money back that's, so he can do what he wants." That's how it goes. So yeah, that's I mean, that's how it is sometimes with these. You know, because who would know what the house needs better than the person who's there all the time? Absolutely. But regardless, oh my god, it was a it was a pretty intense.
1: That was yeah, that was a roller coaster. And there you go. That's what we we're going to say. It was a fucking roller coaster ride. Oh my God. What do you have for me today? All what? right. So, I know a lot of people may know that um, me and Brittany live in pennsylvania we do yeah and i know a lot of my friends listen to the podcast mm-hmm. and i mean when they can i know a lot of you know your people who listen to the podcast too so
0: oh yeah some of my friends from Lancaster listen to us yeah
1: yeah there you go some of your co-workers right
0: oh yeah and some of the people i work with too yeah you're right <laughs> about that my <laughs> my boss will randomly be like and then you were talking about and I'm like, you're right. You're right.
1: That's what we said. That's what we said. <laughs> uh, but we do often mention that we are from central Pennsylvania. Um, I know we, like, we mentioned it, like a Whether lot. Whether
0: that's good or not, you never know.
1: And people don't know where central Pennsylvania is. They're like, what the hell is central Pennsylvania? like?" In not the Philadelphia.
0: That's the <laughs> frigging truth.
1: Uh, this is true. Well, today I'll be bringing you some urban legends and slash hauntings. From our little neck of the wood. Oh, that's lovely. And um, that may be new to some and oh, to others. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody from around the area, they know all of the legends um, from the area. <laughs> um, oh, most of this info was brought to me by a very good friend of mine. Uh, name is Christine. Ooh. Um, and this lady, she... She basically, like, helped me when I first started skating.
0: Oh, cool.
1: So, my roller derby career. Yeah. And she's always down to skate whenever <laughs> <if> she's free. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, that's important. But, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I asked her, you know, what are some local um, tales from your neck of the wood that I could talk about? And like she gave me like this whole list. She blew up my messenger about this. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I only picked like I think one from her whole list because the other ones I was like I can talk about this, but it'll probably be like too long. But,
0: well, okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know, but whatever. But I'm pretty sure she's listening. So, hi Christine, thanks for the info.
0: Hi Christine.
1: <laughs> All right, now we're giving out our actual location. Um, we don't need stalkers. At all, amen. Um, I'll be talking about different stories from different cities in uh, Central PA, mm-hmm. or I think one's actually not in Central PA. This is the one, I'm, the last one I'm going to be telling you, but the two are from Central Pennsylvania. Um Oh, interesting. I don't know, like, okay, you don't know a lot from Central Pennsylvania. I know some
0: about some of the the far reaches of our state.
1: You know, up near Erie. You don't know anything from our. I don't think so. Huh. Okay. And also. Won't be talking about Gettysburg because one, yeah, that's Gettysburg has too many fucking ghost stories to choose from, and two, everybody knows Gettysburg, yeah, is haunted as fuck. So, (laughs) all right, I okay, so wait, have you heard of Seven Gates of Hell? Yes, okay, great. I was going to tell you that one first, but.
0: It's a. I mean, you can still
1: tell the people. Well, I wasn't going to tell but... tell. I was just going to go over it because it's not like something. It's not like something I wrote down. That's one of notes. those
0: ones where I feel like every. Okay, I hate to say it this way, but like every middle of like nowhere place, kind of has one.
1: They either have something like this, or like the porter to to hell, or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, I think New Jersey has some type of shit like that.
0: Yeah, everyone always has, like, a place where if you go through it, things will happen. hmm
1: mm-hmm. well, I've
0: always wanted to go.
1: There's no such place. Boo! <laughs> I mean, there is, but there's not. Um, I-, I can get into it later, but I'm not really going to get into it right now.
0: I want it to be real.
1: It's sort of real, but it's not real. It's not. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. Anyway, let's start off with one story that oh, by the way, this story, like you said everywhere has a place like this. Mm-hmm. Um uh, basically everywhere everywhere has a place like this one too. Um and this is place place that many people have tested out and there seems to be an answer for it. Oh, cool. So Yeah. <gasps> Stop. <laughs> Stop. Christine has also tested this out i think i know what this is oh my god continue go 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 okay lewisbury pennsylvania now this one is um i think it's off of route 83 um there's a hill and if you just so happen to put your car in neutral at the bottom of this hill it will seem to roll backwards up the hill is is
0: this the one with the handprints
1: yeah. on your car? Okay, yeah, it sure is.
0: So i I have heard about these. I just didn't realize they were in Pennsylvania. Oh I God. heard about this like in
1: like Virginia. Well, this is called Gravity Hill, um, and like like you said, Virginia. This isn't the only one in Pennsylvania, and like there's two other places in Pennsylvania with Gravity Hills. Oh, and this isn't the only place in America that has a Gravity Hill. Oh, they're, okay then. <laughs> like gravity hills are like they're all over the place. Um That would explain that then. Yeah. But this one is close to home, so we're gonna talk right, about it. yeah, this
0: one. <laughs> no, totally. So this is the one that your friend has actually
1: Yeah, absolutely. Experienced. Ooh. Now there is of course a legend behind this. Um, from what I could piece together, um, there was a school bus that whose uh brakes just gave out. And the bus just rolled into the intersection down this road. And, of course, it got into an accident. And mm-hmm. the children on board all died.
0: Poor babies.
1: Poor baby. Poor babies, yes. Now, if you happen to try it, it's said that the reason why the car moves backwards is because the children from the accident are said to be the ones pushing your car back from the intersection to save you from their fate. Yep. Um
0: remember hearing about this one as a kid
1: yeah now our gravity hills and i'm pretty sure any other gravity hill um is actually just an optical illusion oh yeah um it makes you it makes it seem like you're rolling backwards uphill when you're inside the car that's it yeah huh um i don't like I talked to Christine she said she didn't test out the the handprint thing because her car was white. At <laughs> <point>. <laughs> so she didn't see any handprints on the car.
0: I mean, she could put a little, you know, brown dirt on it, rub oh it around god. a little bit.
1: You could, yeah, get your car dirty, yes.
0: <laughs> Listen, for science, Christine, for science. Oh
1: my god. So apparently, the one in the in Lewisbury is the best one to visit in, in Pennsylvania. Mm. Um... Because you can't see like uh, what I read for this one article is that the other two gravity hills you can see the optical illusion like you can see how it how it does it when you're outside of the car. I'm
0: actually really interested in seeing the illusion part of this.
1: Yeah, I don't. I'm, I gotta like it's the thing that we go, we might have to do, but I don't want to do it. Um, and I'll tell you why.
0: We just do it during the daytime.
1: Uh, I'll tell you why. So. It's also advised to use as much caution as you can, since this gravity hill in Loseberry is on a busy road.
0: Oh well, actually, dear. never mind that. We're not gonna like put ourselves in actual danger. No, no,
1: no. Actually, like the the two roads that it, the intersection is on are two busy roads, so. It's advised to do this,
0: which makes sense because the legend is about like a car accident. Yeah. So like, don't cause a car accident Please while don't. you're trying
1: to do this thing. Like, if you visit PA and you can go to Lewisberry, PA, um, just be and you look for this gravity hill. Please be cautious, um, because you don't want to cause another accident, and we don't want to be t- telling ghost stories about your ass. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Also, I want to mention that um, this story, and the next one I'm going to be telling, they are not advertised at all by the towns.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Like, nobody advertises that.
0: No, these are things, like, I'm I'm pretty sure I I heard about these or read about these randomly when I was, like, a teenager, Mm -hmm. reading, like, spooky forums and stuff, and people talking about doing things, haunted houses in Pennsylvania, you know, haunted Pennsylvania, stuff like that. Yeah. Nobody ever wants, like, nobody who lives there wants randoms
1: coming in. No. No, they don't. No. Not at all. (laughs) Please don't. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. So, next story. That was story one. Um, Number two. I'm pretty sure you're going to know this one as soon as I start talking about it. Okay. So, if you play horror video games, like me and Brittany do, um, (laughs) yes, once again, I am bringing up games because
0: listen this is just what we do this is
1: what what i do i like video games and if they you know connect with stuff i want to talk about i want to talk about it um so if you know anything about video games horror video games you might know this one as well in columbia county there's a near ghost town with a population of nine as of 2019 um it just started with 1200 yes as a population um, you gave me that look like you already knew what I was talking Everybody about. Everybody
0: knows about this one. <laughs> of
1: course. Uh, its name is Centralia.
0: Centralia, Pennsylvania. Uh,
1: and it is what they based Silent Hill
0: Well, the on. movie.
1: The movie and the game, actually, the first game. I
0: don't remember. I didn't know that the game was based off of it. It of says
1: it. The, it said the first game was based off of it, too. Hmm. But I know the movie was definitely based off of it, as no, well. No,
0: the movie definitely, they totally pulled everything from that. Oh, yeah, that.
1: absolutely. Um... Now, if you don't know what Silent Hill is, Google it. I'm not telling you about it. No,
0: no. This is worth This is worth talking about. Silent Hill was one of the, I would say, one of the forerunners of survival horror. Oh, yeah. I mean. Uh, you walked through this. You were a man on a quest for your daughter yeah. in this town that you'd never heard of before called Silent Hill. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And one of the interesting things about the game itself was that the game engines at the time could not render the entire game at the same time. This not like true. now where it loads a whole level in 30 seconds. No, it,
1: it would load as you were walking. Through so
0: it. what they did to allow the game to slowly render and you not to be aware of it was the entire town is covered in fog. Yes, And as you walk through the fog, it just gave a, a great ambiance and experience and just straight chills of you not knowing and then your guy had a little radio <laughs> and the radio would begin to like get staticky when it was somewhere near a monster but mm-hmm. of course you couldn't tell where it was coming from because you are walking through the fog it was very sick it's fog. wonderful the story itself is a little weird but yeah, and yeah. as they progress as the movies and games progress like, it gets more weird we're not talking about the game and but the, the movies experience is worth it for the first oh, yeah. one alone
1: absolutely the first and second one actually i like those both yeah um but yeah now you ask, why is this basement on the hill? Is it because there's a pyramid-headed dude stalking around with a huge sword? Nope. No, it's because of the coal fire burning beneath the town. Yep. Um, back in 1966, a fire started in one of the coal mining towns. Um, well, I guess one of the, and uh, not gonna say one of the coal, coal mining vein. towns. Yeah, there you go. Um, officials had tried to light a fire there to I guess control something and it got out of control and it hit a coal vein and which led
0: down to the mine and control burns aren't entirely all that like new. It's it's something that places that have a lot of wildfires and things do consistently, but I guess they just didn't do a good job. No. Because it destroyed the entire town.
1: It sure as fuck did. Um so as it went down to the mine, deep in the mine it slowly began to spread um, i
0: can't remember i'm sure you probably wrote this down how long they think this is going to be burning for because it's already been like
1: <laughs> 70 80 years isn't it it's been 50 years it's been 50 years okay yeah.
0: how long do they think it's going to continue burning
1: um they said it can burn for like another century holy crap if it's not contained so we'll be if long gone
0: before this is done yeah <laughs> But uh, the cool thing that people do in Pennsylvania, at least, that I've seen people do, is during winter, they go out there. It's like a six-hour drive for us. It's real far away. It's in Columbia. Is it? I heard it was way, way, way out. And the road to get there now has been destroyed. Brittany. You know how to get there. Brittany.
1: Miss Ransom. Yes. You're ruining my deep story. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs)
0: I thought it was really far away though. No, it's in Colombia. No, I got it to a GPS. Oh my goodness. Continue your story while I GPS.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, since the fire burned so deeply, um, there was no real way to control it or contain it. Um, soon the underground fire reached the actual town, um, causing the roads to split and crack. And toxic smoke would start spreading, uh, start coming out of the cracks. Um, the air quality started getting dangerous and it took about 20 years before the government gave the order to evacuate town. Um, now there are very few buildings left in the town, um, including a church, um, which is, I'm pretty sure they based the movie Silent Hill off of because there's a church in there. And that was the only safe place for them to be in. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. And the church there is how, the only thing standing. How
0: have I been back in this area for so long, not knowing that Centralia is like an hour and change away? I told you. It's an... We could have gone there anytime. time. Uh, now look, we got to wait till next winter.
1: Mm, not really. No. So, a part of Centralia is... The Graffiti Highway.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that.
1: Yeah. Um, it was once Route 61, now an abandoned highway, where everyone has been except for me, apparently. We gotta go. Yeah, and Brittany, I guess. We, we gotta take here. my friend Jenna. Yeah, and Jenna, too. Um, oh, you know what? We can't. You could can see, that, like, if you look at pictures. Of I've it, seen pictures of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's you cool. You can see, like, the splitting of the highway where, you, where the, the fire has reached in just the cracks and sometimes actually smoke rises up from it
0: that's the part i want to see
1: well as of last year we're not going to be able to see it um the highway was planned to be covered with dirt and have other things and have uh, trees and other plants planted on it
0: right i heard that it was going to just become a big like place but listen what is a road but a place that people just go. Oh like, God. if
1: we just go there, we just go, uh, we just go and drive through the grass. But it's not a highway anymore, though. It's, it's not just a, a highway anymore. It's just a big old thing. Also,
0: did that get, like, you know, pushed to the side because of COVID?
1: I'm not sure. I didn't look. Li- See? We might still be able to go before the, they do it. The news article I read about it, I didn't say anything about it being pushed back because it was in 2020 when they posted it. And right. And they, they didn't say anything about it. It was in April when they actually had... Um, actually i think it was back in um
0: you know what's weird we have a couple of different abandoned highways there's, there's another one there's another one that's like right sort of next to a highway
1: yeah it's an abandoned turnpike i think it's um it's
0: a part of the turnpike that just starts turning off and then goes nowhere
1: yeah and i have like a why nice did we
0: do this
1: look government
0: <laughs> i've definitely seen one before and i'm like are they gonna finish that and the answer is no
1: Definitely not. It's uh, abandoned. And there's just a nice underpass that, you know, people like to hang out in.
0: Oh, I don't want to be there.
1: Exactly. See? All right. So that but was. But no,
0: now there's officially nobody there. Because a couple years ago, there were like 10 people still there.
1: Yeah, that was in two thousand. Was it 2019 when, when I read that the population was. I'm not Aww. sure if anybody still. We could probably still go to the ghost town.
0: Yeah, that's where I want to go. I don't but, need to see the highway.
1: But we probably can't get to the highway. Um, oh okay because it's probably covered by dirt by now
0: let's see population nine as of 2019 i guess we'll find out soon because the census was just done yeah it's true so if nobody is there anymore i guess there was no one to fill the census report out
1: yeah we'll see we'll see but Um, yeah that's a cool one yeah
0: i forgot about the graffiti highway though
1: that was like the I mean No,
0: what I've always wanted to do is that people go and they take pictures there in wintertime. Yeah. Because the steam coming out of the ground is extra visible when it's so cold. This is true. And you take cool pictures.
1: I just remember being in high school and I was and I found out uh, and I was telling people about Silent Hill, and they're like, you know there's a real Silent Hill, right? And I was like, what, where? And they're like Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania and I'm like where you know like Columbia it was like that's like a half an hour away because I was living in Lancaster at this time yeah yeah I was like that's a half an hour away we could go there anytime I, know it was ex-
0: I didn't realize it was so close
1: yeah that's what they, they do call it uh the real side of hell too
0: that's so surprising I remember after the movie came out reading something that said that the film was based off of Centralia Pennsylvania yeah. mm-hmm. and then I had to learn everything about it <laughs> <laughs> but I did forget about it. the graffiti highway used to be the place where everybody would just show up and chalk all over everything and yeah. graffiti all over everything.
1: Absolutely. That was uh where our urban explorers would go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really into urban exploring. I'm being honest. There's a um I think they're called like the proper people or something on youtube the something people and they go into places all around the world that have been abandoned and they get approval to go for the most part Mm -hmm. occasionally they just do what they want but most of the time they get approval to go to these locations and it's just so unnerving seeing something that was once flourishing yeah like recently they went to a a movie theater that was only like 40 years old that had been abandoned i can't do and it. it just looked so freaky
1: um, do you know how many freaking abandoned amusement parks there are in Pennsylvania?
0: So many. They've gone to some of those, too. So
1: many. There are so many. And to-
0: Knobles is still going strong. Yes, Knobles
1: is going strong. It's never going <laughs> to close. Go ahead, Knobles. People go there, man. They go there more than they go to Hershey Park.
0: I I actually really like the place. It's just so friggin' far away. It really is.
1: (laughs) It's
0: a stupid long journey. An
1: hour and a half from here or something. Not
0: even. I felt like when I was a kid, it took forever to get there. I'm sure in my little child brain, that was like a six hour drive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! I just
0: want to go to Kenobles again and sit inside that stupid little cart for the haunted house because I was so afraid when I was little.
1: Look, we went there. What time? What year did we go there? I think it was before Jaden was born. Mm-hmm. Was the last time I went to Knoebels. Um And well,
0: you were a babe. That was a you were young and what. He was she was early 20s.
1: Okay, yeah. True, true, true.
0: Listen, I think of cause I saw a picture of myself when I was 23 and I was like, "Oh, look at my face. I was such a baby." Oh my god. <laughs> I'll yeah. show
1: you when we leave later. All right. Yeah, but we went to went there for the like the first time for me, and I went through the haunted house and I was like, "This is some bullshit."
0: <laughs> I remember being terrified of it as a kid. I kept my eyes closed almost the whole time.
1: And I now really, I want to go through
0: and look at it as a grown-up.
1: Yeah, I don't really do haunted houses either because it's so I don't
0: I just don't like people yelling at me. Exactly,
1: I don't like people jumping out at me because I have Y'all reflexes. Jumping out here
0: yelling at me for money,
1: and I have reflexes, and <laughs> my reflexes might tell me to punch you. I don't know, so I don't do those things because I don't want to attack well, somebody. Well, you're in a cart there, the so just slide you around. Exactly, so you'll be fine. But walking through a haunted house or Not like a fan of that. feel the screens and stuff like that. No, thank you. I don't go to those because I might go to jail for. Punching a a worker, and I am sorry. Oh. Anyway, let's go to my final story today. I'm ready. All right. In West Pennsylvania, there is or was this uh, Pittsburgh area. Okay. Um, Western Pennsylvania. Um, there is or was uh, an urban legend of the Green Man, also known as Charlie No Face.
0: I don't know this person. Yeah, I know. It's good. It's good.
1: Yeah, I, I try to find ones that um...
0: I can't spoil.
1: <laughs> I'm trying.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, <my>
1: <laughs> like all my stories. Like Brittany's, like, oh, wait a second, I know this one.
0: It's very exciting for me when I know things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So legend has it that there's a man that grows that glows gr- green. Uh, due to a, a lightning strike? Or he was shocked by an, ele- an industrial accident. Who knows? Um, But we know. Actually, I know. I will tell you why. Um, okay. A- apparently, he would haunt multiple places. Um, But, like, multiple spots where kids used to hang out or people used to hang out at. Like, parks or, you know, Ooh. lookout spots like that. Um, But... Not the he...
0: make out spot. Oh. <laughs>
1: and he would uh chase off, you know, parked cars and you know, people just loitering around the place. Now, some people call this a legend, but there this was an actual person. This this was an actual person walking around. Um Was
0: he just pretending to be a haunted?
1: No. No, not at all.
0: Why was he green?
1: Uh <clears throat> huh So his name was um, Raymond Robinson. Okay. Look him up.
0: Did Raymond just not enjoy fun? Is that the situation?
1: No, that's not why. In 1919, when he was eight years old, Raymond was reaching for a bird's nest on top of an electrical pole when he was shocked with 11,000 volts of electricity, which sent him falling to the ground. Um the shock uh, burned his face and arms, leaving his eyes and nose completely burned off or out.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. So it was actual he's actual he was an actual person. Um well,
0: now this is sad.
1: So even though this was a terrible you know injury for him, he was still in like in good spirits. He he didn't let his injuries get him down, or his accident get him down. Um in his adulthood, he kept himself he kept himself home, uh, making wallets, belts, you know, doormats for people, just so he can make some type of small income. Um, oh, and
0: he was a crafter. Look. You know, I love crafty people. <laughs>
1: um, he really only left his house in the dead of night to go for a walk, as not to scare, scare
0: people, as Aww. not to scare
1: anyone. He's a really, really thoughtful dude. You really like. A so good... he's
0: just walking, and all of a sudden, somebody screams and runs away? Yeah, basically. Terrible.
1: So, this is when the stories would start beginning when he was doing his walks. Um, um, high school kids would see him walking from the cars along Route 351, and they'd just, you know, go spread the word. There's this guy. He's, uh, and apparently, he was green because. Probably because of his like flannel that he was wearing.
0: Yeah, I just saw a picture. He's wearing like a green army jacket.
1: Yeah, there you go. Um, so There yeah. you
0: go. You're right. It's a, I guess it's a, what is that fabric?
1: <laughs> yeah. What, fam- like
0: dickies? <laughs> that like fabric. Mm. What is this? Like, you know, it's like those pants. Yeah. Khaki? Yeah, green khaki. There, you, there you go. I couldn't figure out what it was called.
1: Army fatigues or something There like you that. go.
0: Yeah, he's wearing like one of those jackets in a um, picture.
1: So many people knew Raymond, and many people who knew Raymond were very friendly to him, um, even offering him beer for his walks or cigarettes. That's like, a good time. Like everybody who knew this guy, super cool people. Um, people who didn't know Raymond, um, they were scared of him. Of course, you know, see him for the yeah. first time and they'd run off and try to call the cops, um, saying there's some body out there and. You need to come get him, but you know his neighbors or people in the neighborhood. They would explain to these people, like, "Hey, don't call the cops. It's just Raymond. This is what happened to him when he was a young child, and you know that's why he looks like this now. No reason to be no reason to be afraid of him. He's a cool guy. All that good stuff." Um, I guess now if you see him, he's a fucking ghost. Yeah, um, <laughs> dang. So some other people, unfortunately, um, were cruel. Um. They would give him rides. They'd pick him up off the side of the road when he was walking, like, hey, I'll give you a ride home. Uh, only to take him somewhere he had no idea where he was going, because he Absolutely. was blind. Yes.
0: Yeah, this is a very wow kind of picture.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How do you, like, elect- people are amazing.
1: Their bodies, you mean? Yes. <laughs>
0: He legitimately like I see why that people referred to him as no face. Like mm. he really does. He has a mouth, obviously, but he has no eyes. Yeah. Like his skin healed over that. So yep. I'm like, he's just vibing with the world. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, basically, anybody who knew him would you know tell you how nice he was and how awesome he was. Um, he did pass away from natural causes in 1985, but the legend lives on.
0: Wasn't even born yet.
1: No, neither of us were born yet. Yeah. But yeah. Well, there you go. But yeah, let, I guess they still talk about him to this day. Um, oh, There goes my pen I was looking for. I was like, what the hell is in my hair?
0: <laughs> Spooky Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> Those are some of stories that I like I've looked at and I wanted to do like earlier in the podcast because, you know, this is where we're from. I wanted to, you know, give you a little. Heads up, and that we like spooky stuff, and this is <laughs> what raised Those us. Those
0: were all great stories. <laughs> they were good, good, good stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely want to go to Central. Like, it's still a thing I want to do, but um, Let's visit the ghost town. Ghost town. Yes, I'm pretty sure there are other ghost towns around. here, Oh too. yeah,
0: we could probably visit a couple
1: more. Oh yeah, absolutely. But
0: Central is the one that I believe isn't actually haunted.
1: It's not haunted. I don't want to go to one that's actually haunted. Well, good because we're going to get lost there and eaten by the ghost or something.
0: You don't get eaten by ghosts. That's not how this works.
1: <laughs> they eat your skin. No. Oh. Oh, Brian. I know. Oh me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, that's all we got for you tonight. Uh yeah. Or this morning for some of you. There's like a good 30 or 40 people who listen at like 5 a.m.
1: As soon as the podcast comes out.
0: Bless you all. That's very
1: lovely. Yeah. I mean, I'm still like at that time too, but that's because I'm working. I'm pretty sure that's why you guys are listening to Probably. It too. Yeah. We yeah. got a
0: couple of night crew who
1: are with you. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and thank you if you listen all the way through. For uh, this is last week was the second time that we broke into the top 100 mm-hmm. true crime podcasts in America. So that's pretty fancy. It was awesome. And uh, as usual, I still sell. All kinds of jewelry. I'm making pride things for June.
1: Yes. I can't wait.
0: I got you some pins. I got some pins, too,
1: I'm going to be making.
0: All right, cool. I can. You can wear a pin. I
1: can wear a pin. I got an ear. I got my ear you got. Pierced. You want me to give you one ear? Yes, yeah, just one ear. I'm good. I think it's still there. Yeah, it's still there.
0: I'll give you the one that just says, hi, I'm Pam.
1: There you go. <laughs> Appreciate it.
0: And, uh, yeah, those are what we're doing these days. You can always find us on Creeps with Brian. Or caught podcasts on TikTok, you can watch us as we are currently playing through uh, the Village, Resident Evil Eight. Yes, uh, on Twitch, Foxy Trainer every Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I try to get on at six six thirty. Um, what do we do? Oh, well, we just had our fight with our first fight with Lady Dematresk. Lady
0: Dematresk.
1: actually, you know what? It she says Dematresk. She says it? Yes.
0: I have to listen to that again.
1: Yeah, like at at the, um, how dare you defile House Dometress, or the House Dometress bloodline has been fooled by you? How dare you? And stuff like that. Yeah.
0: I missed that. I'll have to do that again when I watch somebody else play through it.
1: Yeah. um, But, yeah. And, yeah, if you have any, if you want to, like, leave us, like, an email.
0: Absolutely. If you send an email, we'll definitely shout you out, just like we did last week.
1: Was it the last week or the week before?
0: I believe it was... It was whatever it was, <laughs> she responded to us. She was like, ah, you said my name. And yes. I was like, of course.
1: Yes. I think it was the week before. Okay, yeah. Your yes. name was Tanika. But yeah, uh, cultpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. And... that's Also,
0: there's like 300 people following on YouTube right now. And I've only put up two of the podcasts.
1: Look, I'm working on it. I'm getting to it. <laughs> I, I got to work on getting some, sof- some software done. I can probably... I don't know we'll get we'll get to it I swear over this break I'll get it done probably oh
0: but yeah yeah you have yourself a good night or a good morning yeah good morning to my my crew and we'll see you next week yep bye